0: Greetings, friend, and welcome to the Between the Covers podcast, where we are working to eliminate the self-limiting beliefs that are preventing us from becoming the heroes of our own stories. I am Marcus Sparr, and it's kind of funny now. It's taken 11 episodes for me to finally remember that I only ever introduced myself in the trailer, and I guess technically the first episode. I'm going to try and make that habit now where I just introduce myself in every podcast, you know, like most good podcasters do. Anyways, I did want to talk about a very practical thing that we can do in order to become the heroes of our own stories. And this is something I've been working on for a while now, and it is the concept of changing who you're listening to. There are two examples of how this tool is helpful on this journey. The first example is we have people around us all the time who are trying to instill within us what our story should be. It can be well-meaning parents and family members. It can be friends. It can be teachers, mentors, coaches, and let's face it, it can even be complete strangers. What this can do is it can start to impact how we navigate the world around us. If you have friends in your life and whenever you get together with said friends or shall we even go so far as to say even with your own family and when you leave these gatherings, these get togethers, these game nights, whatever it happens to be. If you leave and you feel diminished, you feel less than, you have these beliefs that like you were someone's punching bag that entire night or that you didn't have anything of value to share, no one took an interest in what it is that you are interested in, then that is going to have an impact on just how you generally navigate the world around you. And then the other facet of this tool, this is where it becomes more problematic, and that is... When these external messages become your internal dialogue. Dare we even say beliefs. A great example of this just in my own life is two of the greatest wounds that I've had to process on my own journey. The first one that came about is a lie that I believed for many, many years that I was useless. And this drove a pattern of perfectionism in my life. And I hated it. I couldn't allow myself to make the smallest little mistake without just tearing myself apart. It was unhealthy. It was unhelpful. It was problematic. Let's just call it what it is. It was problematic. I would beat myself up. I would get frustrated. I would be angry. I was not a pleasant person to be around. If I, oh gosh, (laughs) when I think about it, This can still come up sometimes. I have this really bad habit. I don't know if this is something that you've experienced. Have you ever had just like a glass of water that you set down on a table, a coaster, you know, you set it down somewhere and as you're pulling your hand away, it's like you don't pull your hand away from the glass before you start bringing it toward you or toward whatever it is that you're going to be doing next you do that while your hand is still right there by the glass and you almost knock it over, that would trigger a response in me where the dialogue that I had playing in my head typically would go along the lines of how could you be so stupid? How could you be so unskilled, so lacking dexterity, As to put down a glass of water and almost knock it over because you didn't move your hand away before you started doing something else. That's the kind of level of, say,
1: perfectionism and
0: negativity that I had toward myself. It was not good. and. That was a rather mundane example. This is something that would also come into my life in much more significant ways. There is a story that is attached to this wound. And this was, oh, how long ago was it now? probably about 7 6 or 7 years ago that i i actually remembered this memory it was it was a memory that was repressed for many many years i was probably about 8 or 9 years old and i was going to one of the first houses that my dad grew up in my grandfather had just started as a Methodist pastor and this was the first parish that he was a pastor over. And so there was this house that would belong to the pastor and his family. And it was a very interesting place to visit. My dad, we went as a family, and my dad's siblings, my, my uncles and my aunt, came as well. And it was incredible getting them all together and hearing the crazy stories that took place within that house. And I am not joking when I say we went upstairs to the kids' rooms and... I, I saw the still the cover of the electrical outlet that was still blackened because my dad and his eldest brother convinced their younger brother to stick a magnet in. And there was so much laughter from these stories. And we just had this great time just reminiscing or for me and my siblings, experiencing these stories for many of them for the first time and being able to see where they took place. Fast forward a little bit. I don't even remember how much time passed after this. Maybe it was even just like across a road or something like that. We as a family went to some berry bushes to pick some berries. And they were like raspberries or blackberries, something like that. And some of us were picking these berries just to consume. Some were picking berries and saving them for making jams and jellies later. And my twin brother and I were of the former. We were just grabbing berries and pretty much just enjoying eating them and just doing our own thing. And through this process, my father comes walking by and he just makes this comment in passing that says, You guys are as worthless as tits on a board. And I've shared this story with some people in the recovery community that I'm a part of. And when I've said that, I have had some people like nod their head and they're like, "Mm mm-hmm, yep, I remember hearing that exact same thing. That was something that I did not realize how much of an impact that passing comment had on me. And as I started to recount this memory, I had to be honest with myself that I don't remember what happened after my dad said that. After my father passed by and said, "You're as worthless as tits on a board," knowing me, I probably went crying to my mom because I was known as the crybaby in the family. So that's Perfectly within my character of what I would have done, but I honestly don't know. It's like everything after that, everything immediately after that, I just blanked. I, I just retreated within myself, and I, I don't share this story in order to drum up any kind of ill will or ire towards my father, he and I actually, I think after I remembered this story about six or seven years ago, it was probably within a matter of a couple of weeks that I just contacted my dad and I said, hey, there's something that I really need to talk with you about. And he and I sat down with our wives and we just hashed it out. And as I was sharing it with my dad, he just looked at me and he's like, I'm so sorry. He goes, I I didn't mean to I didn't mean to hurt you the, the way that I did. It's like I was just passing on what I heard from my dad growing up. That's he learned it from my grandfather. And my father and I have a much better relationship than I can honestly remember us ever having yet. This experience is the earliest experience I can remember where I didn't want to be useless and it turned into perfectionism, which is a little amusing for me to consider that apparently my perfectionism or my perfectionistic tendencies had their own qualifiers to them because I didn't really seem to pursue that kind of perfection in my math courses growing up. And I still don't today. I'm so awful at math. It's, it's a nightmare. If you ever are around me and I'm trying to do mental math, expect to be there for a little while if I don't have a calculator because that's just how bad it is. (laughs) That memory, that experience that I had with my father was one of the things that created this belief inside of me that I was useless. And so I navigated the world either living in and buying into that belief or trying to do what I could to not validate it anymore. If I made a mistake, I beat myself up or I'm just like, yep, that's just me. And it became a part of me. The other belief that I have done work to process is one where no one cares what I have to say and I don't have a voice. I shared on a previous podcast how I discovered my voice at a retreat with some other coaches and how I roared like a dragon when I found it. This is probably the freshest wound within me that I still am trying to work through because it's one that Can be reinforced the most. If I were to talk to any friends and family, I would hear from people who love me and who know me that no, I'm not useless. I do good things. I am a good person. I am valued and they want to have me around. And yet, This one about not having a voice, ooh, this one, there are more actions that are often taken to reinforce this belief and message than this one that I'm useless. Because this often comes around, unfortunately, when I am around people who genuinely love and care for me yet they will often talk over me. I have been around people who are very boisterous and they are, we'll say they get excited about what they talk about. And if I have something that I want to share I have had experiences where I have tried to interject into a conversation, and about a second after I've started saying something, someone else will start to say something. And it's almost as if they don't recognize or even acknowledge that I'm speaking. Because most of the time what I do in these situations is I just clam up. I just stop sharing whatever it is that i was going to share i have been to gatherings with friends and family that will eventually just go to me being silent i apparently i'm just there for the food or something but i just i stopped talking and i stopped trying in working with my therapist she challenged me to try and change this behavior. And it's like, well, you know, have you ever just tried continuing to talk or just saying something like, uh, excuse me, I was saying something. The latter I haven't done, but I have tried to just continue talking to just validate that, hey, I was in the middle of saying something, please don't interrupt me. Every time it has just turned into me and the other person trying to talk over each other and that has been I'll even say it's been a pretty traumatic experience i have even shared this with my with my mother and she just kind of looked at me with sad eyes when i shared that and said wow I can just imagine what all these people are missing out on because because you're just not sharing anything. And
1: that's a nice sentiment. I'll I'll be honest. Yet
0: it, it took changing my environment in order to stop having these messages being reinforced. This is some of the hard work. When we're talking about changing who you are listening to, we're talking about changing who you spend time with. You might have some really good relationships with your family and there might be some of these people that while you want to spend time with them, there's some of these individuals who will make it That you feel diminished or demeaned by the time you're heading home. And if that's the case, then maybe you need to set some boundaries around those relationships. Maybe you need to speak up about what it is that is going on and say, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. And maybe
1: maybe you actually follow through with those boundaries
0: and you don't see them as often or when you go visit, if they start picking on how you look, your weight, whatever it is, maybe it's even that you dropped out of college or that you don't have a GED, whatever it happens to be. Maybe it's the fact that you're still single And everyone has this expectation that you should be married by now, but you are not ready for that. If you speak up for yourself and say, I'm not going to put up with any of this anymore. And you set appropriate responses for when these boundaries are crossed. It might be. You're going to have a nice family dinner or you're going to go hang out with some friends and someone crosses that boundary. It can be at that point you say, all right, I'm sorry, but I have to leave. Well, why? What? Why are you leaving so suddenly? We talked about this. I'm not going to subject myself to any more of this ridicule. And even if they apologize and it's like, oh, no, no, please just stay. I'm sorry. Just follow through. Just be like, nope, I guess I'll see you next time. Maybe you just need to find different people to spend time with. Maybe you need to find individuals who are going to lift you up, individuals who are going to affirm you that by the time you leave, and you're heading home, you're like, man, I really don't want to go home right now because I still want to be with these individuals.
1: And it's hard. It is really
0: hard to make that kind of change in your life. Let me tell you, though, that it is so
1: healthy to do so
0: Because for a lot of us, and I've been through this so, so many times, that our normal is not healthy. What has become the status quo in our lives is not something that is going to give us life. It's actually taking life away from us. It is draining us. It is putting us into situations for us to experience the traumas of our past and have them be minimized. So I want to acknowledge that this work is difficult. And yet it is so important as well. With the mental health stuff that my wife Libby and I have been working through, It has been so crucial for us to make sure that we are around and surrounded by people who understand and validate what we're going through.
1: They also challenge us and yet they also support us.
0: That's very different from people who just challenge Because they believe what you're saying is wrong, or it's incorrect, or it's not even true.
1: Change who you listen to. This can even be changing what you tell yourself. Oh, this is hard stuff here.
0: The example that I gave earlier about almost spilling a glass of water. Those messages that I would say to myself, those are not healthy messages. I would tear myself down. I would belittle myself. I would demean myself. And a lot of it was because I believed it was true. Because I made that little mistake... I wasn't worth
1: anything at all. Wow. I honestly did not expect it to get this personal as I was talking about this. It could even be that when
0: you change who you're listening to, it might even be in the realm of entertainment. I, I have been in that place where I have been going through such a dark place in my life and I've been working through depression and I don't know what it is about listening to depressing music during depressive episodes. Maybe it's something that just validates and makes us feel like we're not alone in what we're going through. And that's okay for a time. And yet, if you're constantly there, maybe you need to change to something a little more uplifting. Maybe you need to change the messages that you're taking in all the time so they're not all dark. They're not all gloom and doom. They're not all deflating. Maybe there are even movies and TV shows that you're watching that are. Reinforcing some of these messages. Maybe it's time to change. Time to change what you're taking in. Time to change the messages that you're listening to. So that what is coming in is actually working to replace
1: what we are telling ourselves. And this is something that's going to take a long time.
0: It was, like I said, six or seven years ago that I was reminded of this wound. Just from this off-the-cuff comment that my dad made while we were out picking some berries. I'm still not healed of that. While I am in a much, much better place. I am still not healed from it because I will still find myself going back into those same messages when I make a mistake. I will find myself saying those messages of, you're worthless. How could you do that? In fact, one of the things that I often say to my clients is, If you are hearing these internal messages and they're coming in the second person pronoun where you're saying you, you, you all the time, ask the question, who's saying that?
1: You can't say that really to yourself. Because if you were
0: saying it to yourself, you would say I would use first-person pronouns. So who's saying it? The message of you're so worthless for me was tied to you're as worthless as tits on a board. A message that came from a loved one.
1: So who's saying these messages?
0: And are they true? Most of the time, they're not. Most of the time, these messages that we're telling ourselves, they are not at all true. They might have been true for a very brief moment in our lives. But they're not our reality unless we choose to allow them to be our reality. That's what I would like to challenge you on today. How do you need to change the messages that you are receiving? How do you need to
1: change who you listen to?
0: This can be something that's done externally with the people that you spend time with or even the media that you consume. I know a lot of people would disagree with me on this. And yet I live in blissful ignorance of what's going on around me a lot because I don't watch the news. Because the news was something that just became so negative and it became overwhelming and I couldn't handle it anymore. Social media is a horrible place to go. To try and feel better about yourself. I've had to. Unfollow certain people. Because I just could not stand. What they were posting anymore. And some of these people are friends. Some of them are even family. And I cannot listen. To what they are saying. Because it just made me feel horrible. It made me feel worse. When I'm listening to propaganda or all I am receiving is the the highlights of someone's life and I compare it to my own and
1: it's like, well, I don't have that.
0: Maybe what needs to be changed is what you're saying to yourself. Maybe the messages that need to be addressed are ones that are tearing yourself down. The things that if we could hook up a radio to your brain in order to hear the internal dialogue that you are saying to yourself and about yourself, you would blush and be mortified by it. I know I would be. I would be mortified if people actually heard a lot of the things that I used to say to myself and sometimes I still say to myself. So what do you need to change? What is the self-limiting belief that you are holding on to that is no longer true in your life? That you can let go of in order to have a much more life-fulfilling and positive experience with the world around you. I hope that you found this message encouraging, and I am looking forward to continuing our conversations next week. So until then, live strong for today. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you like what you're hearing and you're interested in working with me, there is a link to my website in the show notes and also a link just to schedule a free 50-minute one-on-one call with me let's get the conversation started. Also, please rate and review this podcast so more people are able to find it. Thank you so much, and I'm looking forward to talking with you again soon.